0: All right, hi everyone. Uh, Welcome to the first episode of Hero Stories podcast. Today we have on our show Ms. Sundar Singh, the executive director at Elspeth Hayworth Center for Women. In this episode, we are taking an in-depth look at the increasing sexual exploitation of girl students from India in the GDA area learn about the work Ms. Sundar is doing, and understand how we can converge on solutions, keeping us all together and well-informed at the same time. So welcome, Ms. Sundar, to Harris Story's first podcast episode. Could Thank you, you Anna. You're welcome. Could you please tell us about yourself and what you do?
1: And I'm the executive director of this charitable organization called Elspeth Hayward Center for Women. It was established in 1992. Uh, uh, When it was established, um, our purpose was to help the women coming from South uh, Asian countries uh, to settle in Canada. It evolved into providing services for the seniors. Uh, We realized that seniors uh, who were isolated and um, uh, who needed company um, and uh, also settle in Canada, uh, they needed to come to our our organization. And then uh, from there, we uh, also started to do programs for youth. And um, as of late, um, since uh, 2017, when we were informed that uh, there's an influx of youth coming from the South, Uh, Asian countries. Uh, Then um, I had a discussion uh, with the authorities um, uh, to to let them know that uh, in the long run there might be some issues that the young people will be facing. We were aware that um, they were coming alone uh, for the first time um, living independently away from their parents. There were no relatives here or friends no one to guide them and uh, they were in a very vulnerable situation and uh, so uh, but the discussion that took place um, multiple times uh, n- nothing much happened except that every year uh, we kept hearing of the desperate situations uh, many of the, the the girls were facing and some boys as well And uh, then uh, we also understood that uh, human trafficking had increased from 2018 to 2019, and it had gone up um, exponentially. And we were told uh, that it's gone up 44%. And that is a significant uh, percentage uh, of increase in human trafficking. So, uh, we are also providing uh, mental and physical health activities uh, for the, the um, seniors who have become widows as well and to avoid um, any kind of isolation in their lives.
0: All right, um, so Ms. Linder, like first of all, uh, really, really, uh, it's, it's, we, we would like to acknowledge and pass our thank you for the work that you're doing especially at the alarming rate, the, the violence is increasing. Um, do you think there has been improvement from the country's perspective? We are talking about South Asian uh, country or Canada in the last couple of years in terms of the education of the officials. Do you think are they coming at par with the alarming numbers or do you still think there is a lot of like gap there?
1: Um, None there's a huge gap. Uh, uh, The the girls who are coming right now uh, uh, into Canada, they do not understand their rights. Many of the newcomers who have landed in Canada in the past uh, several years, uh, we also realize that they do not understand uh, their rights and what they need to do if they are in a vulnerable situation. And COVID has uh, made things worse for for uh, the Canadians as well. So um, uh, we feel that there is a dire need to educate the young people who are coming uh, into uh, into Canada right now. Uh, we have uh, started a program. It's funded by the provincial government um, and um, Uh, It it is to create awareness about the human trafficking, which is now uh, growing and trickling into uh, Toronto and in Vaughan and the areas uh, from uh, the uh, Brampton area. And the reason why there was a concentration of uh, young uh, students there um, was because there were Gurdwaras and the mandirs and the places of worship. also food was available, uh, uh, cultural food, um, and the people, the population spoke the language of the of, of the students who were coming here. So it was rather comfortable for them to live in Brampton. But um, the human trafficking issue is now spreading gradually into GTA and it's very concerning.
0: Yeah. Right. Um- on that note, uh, we'd like to understand how uh, the Elspeth Hayward Center for Women is supporting these girls. How how is that coming into the picture?
1: How I'm sorry, Anna. Did you say how we're serving them? Is that what you're asking me?
0: That's right. How are you supporting these women, or how are you uh, raising awareness through your channel?
1: Okay, so um, right now, the program that we are running, uh, it is reaching out to very young population actually, we're starting from age 12 upwards, uh, so that uh, we are taking proactive uh, action. So we do it through storytelling, and we do it through games and uh, group discussions. And in a very gentle way, we are giving this message uh, to the young people uh, uh, of what are the risks uh, that can happen. We also We also have a a program called Neighborhood Pod, where we have created leaders within the community and there are a few youth leaders as well in the community, and they reach out to the community members through creating circles and um, if there's any issue in the community that is brought forward to the leaders and the leaders bring it to our organization and then we meet those needs um, of the community members. And I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the leaders uh, noted that there was a person in an area giving out candies to young girls And that was quite concerning. So this leader went from door to door talking to the parents to let them know that this individual has been spotted in the area targeting young girls so that the parents immediately uh, became alerted about uh, the situation. So this is uh, what we do. Um, As well, um, York University is nearby. We do have Gurdwara nearby. We have uh, reached out to the students uh, pre-COVID Uh, to let them know that there is um, this NGO. If any time, at any time, the students feel um, distressed or need any kind of help, whether it's food, clothing, um, household goods, uh, emotional support, et cetera, we are available for them. And through York University, through uh, partnerships uh, with the bank, um, we have uh, tried to reach out to the, the students uh, what students do not know, what they um, are not aware is that when they go into relationship, then um, they begin to trust the individual so much uh, that uh, they, they're willing to give out all the information about their financial, uh, uh, you know, uh, status and um, their family members back in uh, India, for example, you know, their siblings, et cetera, the names, where they work, et cetera, et cetera. So when they do, they uh, create a very vulnerable situation about themselves. And the banks do acknowledge that, you know, sometimes these girls come, with their boyfriends, and um, they're using the passwords in front of those boys, and that creates a, a very um, awkward situation for a girl when she finds that you know there's no money in the bank. You know somebody's taken the money out of the bank. And um, I do want to talk about a situation that happened uh, as we speak. Uh, we are um, looking after a girl who is now stranded. she's uh, an international student. And uh, she is now homeless, and we're trying to find a shelter for her and uh, all the supports around her that she will require. She has put herself in a situation because she was in a relationship with a man, with uh, with someone whom she trusted. And this individual took away all her money and um, uh, but uh, lured her constantly by saying that he has a permanent resident status and that she will get her permanent resident status through him and allowed her uh, for her student visa to expire as well and uh, she is in such an awkward uh, situation right now with no money no place to stay And uh, he would abuse her, uh, call her prostitute, um, um, beat her up and uh, uh, she had to cook for him. She had to look after the house for him. And also his business that he had, and um, they paid her very little cash to uh, to live by. So um, somebody then advised her to call nine one one. She did, and then through that the authorities um, were able to connect with us, and we are we have now taken uh, charge, uh, taken the case to help her uh, to uh, settle. And it will be long process because she has really. She does not have a, a work permit now and she has to wait for to get her uh, student visa renewed as well. So this is a situation that a very young girl who uh, trusts the relationship that, uh, you know, uh, she gets into uh, is what happened. She was, uh, she was, uh, she had to, she was forced into abortion two times as well. Um, so a very, uh, very vulnerable situation.
0: Right. Um- I feel that the occurrence of the domestic violent behavior and its multiple um, consequences for both the individual family and the community should be seen from the government or the health public approach. And it needs a lot of proactive um, prevention strategies on the first level of the actions. Do you think, on that regard, uh, while these students are coming into Canada, do you think somewhere the governments from both the countries or from the rest of the world can intervene such that these uh, justices and laws and what they're capable of to raise their voice and what sort of uh, organizations are there to offer them support, do you think this should be mandated uh, in in informing capacity to these women?
1: I absolutely think, Anna, that there should be some mandatory measures that uh, must be in place first thing is that uh, the students must go through a mandatory orientation what is expected as soon as they come to canada where they can find employment uh, what they need to do if the student visa is about to expire uh, you know uh, the studies they have to complete the studies and um, so, and, and uh, you know i mean uh, the environmental situation uh, the, the extreme weather that uh, the students face All of that has to be um, uh, part of the orientation session. Um, When I was in India in December or January, I had taken upon myself um, uh, when I was approached by the media is to uh, communicate with the parents in the Punjab area uh, and the, the youth who were planning to come to Canada uh, a, a, to prepare them uh, for what to expect as soon as uh, their parents, uh, their children uh, c- come to Canada and, uh, you know, uh, making them aware of the hardship, the hard work that they have to do and how difficult it can be for the students who only have 20 hours to to work here. So um, uh, what the government needs to do is increase the, the 20 hours um, of... Um, the the work permit uh, that the students get. It's limited and it does not allow them to pay their rent. Uh, So that forces the students to live in basements where there are multiple... Uh, other students living, um, and, and some of them, they there are dozens, uh, you know, uh, twelve to twenty students living in the basement, and uh, the boys and girls live together, which creates uh, um, a very um, precarious um, environment. So uh, to also um, not pay the rent, uh, sometimes the landlords take advantage of the girls. Um, they they do lure them by saying that uh, they don't have to pay the rent as long as she's uh, serving him. So uh, a girl uh, looking at her financial situation, she says, well, you know, if if I let him use my body, at least uh, I don't have to pay the rent. And uh, that kind of a strange situation that is created for the girl, it, uh, it then traps her further into what she does. Yeah. And uh, so it is very, very important that the government um, also um, makes sure that the, the number of hours that the, the girls and the boys uh, can work here is increased um, as well. The fees that these students um, are paying are four times more. International students are paying four times more than the Canadian students pay. And uh, I believe that, that has to be also reduced. And also the, the courses that are being offered by the colleges and the universities Um, These are courses that are really not helping a lot of students. Uh, to have a set goal or keep them focused on in building their career. So these courses are just, these are limited courses that are given and uh, uh, a very large number of students uh, are not interested in those courses, but they take them with the hope that, you know, in a few years time, once education is completed, they can get their PR, et cetera. So uh, trade skills is a very important um, skill that is needed in Canada. There's an urgency for it. For example, last year, um, here uh, in, in the GTA, there, uh, 400 carpenters were needed and they could only find 200. So uh, once uh, the girls or the women, they have their work permit, they've got their PR, um, you know, they've got their career focus, they can get into trade skills. And there are unions, there are organizations um, such as Toronto Community Benefits Network that offer training. And at a very, very low cost, some of the training is, almost free where um, uh, these girls, uh, they can go into trade skills uh, for three to four years and then get a red seal. That red seal is a certificate that allows them to work anywhere in Canada. Once you have red steel, a red seal, then um, they can uh, earn up to $40 or more. Eventually they can start their own businesses and uh, hire more people. So it's a win-win situation for the government. Um, The government requires trade uh, skilled people and uh, women can do a lot of these trade skills, uh, including uh, the, the heavy duty machinery operation, because nowadays uh, the equipment are very easy to operate. And uh, we have quite a few girls who are uh, women who are you know uh, in, in trade skills and it's not a problem. That should become mandatory for the government. They should work with the universities and colleges and bring the trade skill training so that when they're bringing new people from other countries they are creating skilled people in trade so that we are never in shortage of trade skills. So uh, so there are uh, some measures that the government can take to make it good uh, for the students who are coming. And uh, the criteria probably can be also uh, modified uh, we don't have to wait for the students to become have to have their PR etc et they can uh, get the training and while they are in training they can go in, into jobs and they can still earn twenty25 dollars and uh, you know get into apprenticeship
0: right so uh, w- what we are understanding is there has to be a paradigm shift into the traditional understanding of how you can get your PR by doing XYZ you, you do 20 hours of work and then what you're getting out of that education is not really helping out. As you mentioned, trade skills is what the focus area can be. Uh, you leverage that. That is going to be helpful for, for your future or, or for you to get the immediate job. Uh, Canadian economy is going to be you know better off because we do need those those skilled labors um, uh, in, in the economy, we do have a, a huge shortage of that labor. Um, I think it's, it's, it's an excellent suggestion, excellent point that you raised about uh, moving away from where we are as, as inviting uh, highly skilled, talented, ambitious students, because we all know that they're all coming here for a future, for a growth, to make their life better. Um, and so I think to fill that gap, the government has to implement programs, not for the sake of implementing, but really recognizing what's going to help them, uh, seeing what the issues are. On that front, uh, Sundar, so I would like to also understand what we are understanding is from one side of the, the you know story how Canada or like the country they're landing, we can help with assimilating them in a better manner. How do you think India on the other instance, while they're getting ready to come out of India, how do you think maybe, uh, you know, the Canadian embassy in India or like while they're getting the visas for the student, uh, while they're, you know, approaching all these like agents in India, how do you think they can help regulate or they can help, better inform the students of what is there for them. Yeah,
1: there should be a branch there of an NGO like Elspeth Hewitt Centre for Women, a small office where students can go visit. That's where they can get the mandatory orientation. So that students who have any questions or parents who have any questions or concerns, their uh, uh, their issues can be addressed immediately, right then and there. And uh, we prepare the family to send their uh, young children. Uh, out here. And not only that, if uh, an NGO like Elspeth Heber Center has its office, there then we are giving contact numbers we are letting them know there are ngos here that can uh, help them and that's where they they need to make the contact wherever the ngo is near where the students are studying etc so if there is any stressful situation or um, there's any sort of need of the, the students these ngos can meet them And we and but they have to be also very careful that the these ngos have to have a good reputation. You know, we have um, quite a few NGOs, but uh, those NGOs who are doing the sincere work and have a uh, you know rep- good reputation in the community, those are the NGOs where these uh, youth can go and they can can connect. And absolutely, it has to start from the country where they're coming from. Uh, of course, you know, as they are getting their um, English language uh, tested and preparing to come here. It is a business of the the sources that they're connected to so they the businesses will say will absolutely say that you'll have no problem you'll get the job there and you know you'll have a good life there etc but uh, they, the families and the students need to know they need to understand the that the life here is very hard they do have to work hard they have to study hard and uh, for three to four years they have to focus it's not on not just the rosy
0: picture that they know it is.
1: Totally, totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, if the government works with the universities and colleges and um, has a definitive plan for these students that after three to four years, the government knows that they will be applying for PR. I think the program is really good, You know, bringing these uh, educated girls and boys into the country who have um, knowledge of English. They come here for further studies. And they study for three to four years, they, they get used to the environment here, the cold weather, the, you know, um, all of that. And after three, four years, uh, once they get the PR, they are ready to settle down. But if they have a focus if uh, they build on those trade skills, they can immediately start to earn handsome income. They pay the taxes, and then eventually they will be hiring more people who will also pay taxes. So win-win situation for everyone. And uh, and uh, you know, getting the apprenticeship and getting paid for a, a training. Um, then there is no dire need for you know financial um, uh, uh, whatever to you know pay the rent and etc cetera, etc cetera. They, they're earning and you know they are um, they're steady they steadily uh, get the training
0: right um, I would also like to touch base on finding sh- shelters or uh, you know safe accommodation options for for survivors uh, Is the Canadian government doing enough or recognizing the problem enough that these women are finding those shelters or safe housing at the moment?
1: Uh, Right now, it is uh, difficult. That is why the girls are getting trapped in the basements where there are multiple boys and girls living together. Um, uh, shelters have been, uh, have been full during uh, COVID time. Domestic violence was on the rise and uh, it became a challenge for everyone, especially women coming out of a situation that was life-threatening. So um, the, uh, the government is aware that we have a shortage of uh, housing. Um, there are quotas. Uh, amongst the, the housing um, corporations where they have to take uh, uh, women who are facing domestic violence and are facing life-threatening situation. Um, however, uh, seeing that, uh, um, if the girls get into a shelter, then the problem uh, that uh, many of the girls face is that they are, um, Uh, They are away from the the colleges and the universities that they're going to. So location, distance is all very important because not everyone owns a car. So the transportation becomes a a huge issue for them as well. But um, in a situation that I described earlier of a a girl uh, where uh, she has... um, She has lost her work permit and uh, her student visa has expired. And she's still here in Canada, um, has no car, has no money. Uh, a shelter, uh, we, we are looking, we are very hopeful that we will find a shelter for her uh, by the end of, uh, you know, um, the working day today. And uh, our staff is working very, very hard, but um, there are quite a few students who need a shelter and uh, the accommodation is very limited.
0: Right. Um, Ms. Sandar, I would I also like to understand, um, we are talking about specifically. This came out of the news from uh, for for the Indian girl students. I would also touch base on the black women or indigenous women or the women of color in general. Uh, do you believe that these issues are also emerging into that strata, or do you feel that this is more prevalent to a certain uh, you know certain ethnicity uh, or a certain religious group?
1: No, it is not prevalent in, in one uh, ethnic group. Uh, the human trafficking issue is widespread, and it's uh, it's all over the place. Our staff is trained. And um, we did get the training from uh, one of uh, the indigenous uh, trainer who uh, is also an advisor for police and for the government as well. She herself was a victim of human trafficking for many, many years. She came out of it and now uh, she is uh, helping um, the the country uh, and and, uh, creating awareness of um, what is going on through universities, colleges, and uh, and authorities as well. So um, uh, she had uh, given us... Training here uh, uh, to our staff as well, and uh, we uh, are quite aware of how prevalent it is in the indigenous community. And uh, uh, we, uh, when we hold our um, youth programs uh, through Elspeth Hayward Centre, uh, the uh, we are not just uh, serving the, the South Asian youth, we have a very diverse um, ethnic population and uh, that includes uh, a large number of uh, 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 African uh, children, uh, black students as well. And uh, we uh, we sit down in groups and do homework. Uh, we uh, do various activities together, the fun activities, but through the fun activities, uh, the message is going across.
0: Right, right. Um, I think whatever information you've given it's highly useful and I think stories like such need to be you know amplified or be made more aware or like even uh, you know who've experienced these I think they need to be more on the media they need to be more um, you know covering their identity whatever is comfortable but I feel like these stories are such that need to be more amplified and be reaching uh, the schools and, you know, uh, be better informed. Uh, Women can be better informed. Uh, On that front, how can we educate and better inform girls coming from other countries to Canada in pursuit of a better life of such growing issues? Not just South Asia, but like throughout, If if we know that immigration is coming from everywhere in uh, Canada. Uh, How do you feel that the girl students from everywhere uh, and not just students, women and like mothers, how do you think uh, they can be better informed about the protecti- protective environment Canada has to offer them?
1: Okay, I'm gonna start off with the necessity of every girl and woman to learn martial arts. Um, it, it, it's radical thinking, but um, it, uh, it, it is absolutely necessary all over the world. Uh, Parents need to understand that um, the the girls need to learn martial arts right from the beginning. And uh, they should be the walking weapons and they should be, they should have a black belt. And once this information is out in the society, nobody, nobody will make an attempt to, uh, uh, to, to, you know, uh, attack these women there will be no domestic violence and if there is then uh, you know uh, once a perpetrator is uh, down on the floor he'll never do it he'll never make an attempt again so um, women have to be have to become walking weapons you know this is the only way they will protect themselves the the education here Uh, When the students arrive from other countries, even, you know, I mean, newcomers, women, uh, financial literacy uh, should become uh, mandatory. Women need to understand how easily they can be, um, you know, betrayed. Their money uh, can be in a very risky situation. Women, in general, they are emotionally very strong, uh, but they're very trusting. Very very trusting and uh, it's a very good quality to have. But women have to be mentally prepared. We do offer financial literacy for the youth, for the um, for the women uh, to understand how uh, how important savings are, how important it is for them to have their own account where they control their finances themselves. Um, and, and we make them understand that in in the society, if a woman has Um, money, and she is financially secure, then she has respect in the society. But if she becomes dependent financially, then she loses that respect. And she finds herself in a very uh, vulnerable situation, uh, which leads to violence. And um, she's used for, you know, labor or for everything else.
0: Yeah, I I could not agree less with uh, what you're doing is you're talking about the uh, don't don't talk the talk, walk the walk. It's about enough of talking. Let's really uh, do the right thing That's about right. martial arts or financial uh, literacy. And I feel um, I, I feel there is a need, given uh, women are more vulnerable uh, to, to get attacked or to trust or whatever uh, you mentioned 100%. I feel that these definitely should be mandatory, Um, uh, before they they arrive to Canada. On that front, uh, Sundar, my last question would be, do you have any suggestions on how we as Canadians can create protective environment all together?
1: First of all, we have to throw the social stigma out the door, okay? Women should not be afraid to talk about, if they are abused, they need to talk very loud And openly, so that the community, the society comes together and helps. Um, And and we we have to put the perpetrator to shame. But if the the women keep uh, and internalize within themselves, you know, uh, that they are being uh, not treated well then, um, and they're worrying about the social stigma, then uh, they're only hurting themselves. So it's very important for the society to open its mind uh, and and listen to what the women are saying. Um, uh, There was a, a time very many years ago where I took the family members and the closest people around me, all the females, and I asked them, have you ever been, have you ever experienced sexual assault? Almost every single women had experienced sexual assault at some point or the other so we are all women uh, are, we are we are very very vulnerable you know uh, when the survey is done of it's a very large percentage of women who will report that they have been harmed in some way or the other but the police say that these large high percentages are rather low because many women don't even report it so it, it, it's almost like every woman goes through some sort of a harm in their lifetime, some experience, okay? So um, what we do, uh, we take the seniors, say for example, from the South Asian community, and uh, we discuss these things and we do make an appeal to them that your granddaughters and, and your daughters, when they come to you and they report of somebody, not touching them properly or uh giving them strange looks that they are uncomfortable with etc they don't tell them to be quiet you know don't be afraid of social social stigma hold their hands take them to the police station if need be so that the the girls get empowered they understand that uh, re- by reporting we're doing something right we, we are um, on the right path so th- that is my message to all the girls and all the women, if if there is someone who's reporting um, anything that is harming them, you know, uh, we all need to be together to support that woman and not tell her to hush.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this sort of uh, understanding has to be there for, even for women residing in India, we hear so much of abuse and Um, crazy stuff going on there. And there's just like, nothing is stopping. It just happens. There's news, it just happens again. And I think these are something, some protocols need to be implemented desperately back in India as well.
1: Yeah, if if there are NGOs that are formed that teach nothing but martial arts to women, uh, even in India, in in Canada as well, then uh, it would be a great service that the, the NGO would be providing.
0: Right. Well, on that note, um, Ms. Sundar Singh, uh, really what you're doing is very inspirational and it, it's an act of leadership what you've done. Uh, and I would really like to thank you on, on behalf of uh, you know, women here for what you're doing. And uh, thank you very much once again for all the work. Thank you. Thank you, Anna,
1: for giving me the time to, to talk to, to you and, and uh, the public. Thank you. You take care.